0: It's time to explore the unexplained. To delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond. To seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional exploration. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky e. G. Where that journey begins. That's right, where well, that journey begins. Is right here and right now, because this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, Chucky G, and the lovely, beautiful, ever Karen Frazier.
1: And you, and you, intro the show differently this evening. I like it. You're trying something new.
0: <laughs> I'm getting out of the box, sister.
1: That's right, because I put Chucky in a box and Chucky yes, won't stay in that box. No, she
0: just put me in the box. It's like, let me out, man. Don't poke any holes in the top. Just open the top and let me out.
1: I didn't necessarily put you in the box. I just simply said that if we're going to talk about certain things on the radio, perhaps we should use the standard vocabulary so people yeah. know what the hell we're talking it's, about. It's, you
0: know, they don't, they, they, no one wants to let me use my own vocabulary. Okay, we're talking about, okay, we have, uh, tonight our guest is Daryl E. Berry Jr. He's the author of Travel Far, A Beginner's Guide to the Out-of-Body Experience. And people call them ob and I just say, why don't we just call them Obies? Obies! Does this sound good? How many people in the chat room are like Obies to say yes or no? I don't know. I just like it. But I, I have to stick to the standard because otherwise I'll confuse the whole We world. don't
1: want to confuse people. I mean, yeah. I do believe that our listeners have extremely high intelligence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not that I think. It's just I feel like for certain things we should use standardized vocabulary. For the rest, you know, otherwise we'd just be talking gibberish all the time. <laughs>
0: I thought that's what we were doing most of the time anyways. Blah, 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 blah. blah oh, yes. Yada, yada, yada. Songs and, uh you know. All this. Hey, did, by the way, did Patty hear my song? that I sang to her for her birthday? I don't,
1: I don't know if she did or not. I um, forgot to ask her. Um, so it was her birthday yesterday, though. In case yeah. she's listening today, you could sing
0: it again. No, no, no. I know. I, already, I know. You get one song per birthday, okay? One uh-huh. song. I, I said, hello. I said, hello. <laughs> I said happy birthday on Facebook too. Doesn't that count? You know, when you get to I, your I thing,
1: guess. Going, hey. I guess. I have a, I have a big old bag of presents for her, but I haven't seen her yet. So
0: Ooh, big old bag of presents. There That's you go. Right. Big old bag of presents. Big and Cheryl, by the presents. way, we, we got to say hi to Cheryl too. Hi, Cheryl.
1: Hi. We have <laughs> to say hi to
2: Cheryl. That was, re- that was a welcome. Please. You have to, you're being forced to. It's a requirement. <laughs> she went really loud too. She went, hi.
0: What? Look at Hi. <laughs> Oh! Get the hell out of me. I was like, my gosh. I
1: said, tend like to scare people. Cheer, the most cheerful that I think I've ever heard. Chelsea. I know. Oh, a, little, a little terrifying, frankly. <laughs> it's
0: okay. You just be it's like she was taken over
1: by a pod a pod person because she was having an OB. See?
0: <laughs> OBE. Yay. <laughs> she said OBE. Woohoo. We're wrecking our own. I'm, like.
1: using, I'm using reverse psychology, Jack.
0: <laughs> oh, is that what you're doing? Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. So, anything else new in your life there, Karen? You want to share? while well, before we get into, you know, <laughs> I, sh-
1: I don't. I don't think so. Um, left, uh, to, did you? Know, no, other than my major life decision <laughs> to stop fighting my hair's natural texture. No. Oh,
0: yeah, no, let's talk about that. So, uh, <laughs> Karen is now beautifully and wavy. No more straight hair. First.
1: That's for, right. For- it's gorgeous. I'm ditching I- the blow dryer, man. I'm not. I have straightened my hair for thirty years.
0: There you go. And then Cheryl, aren't yours, isn't yours wavy too? I yes, can't it is.
1: But okay. she straightens it. I, I, Yep, I blow dry it out.
0: I don't do anything to mine. Mine's just naturally beautiful.
1: So yes, I am, yes, I am no is. longer, I am no longer, I, maybe occasionally for the special occasion, I might, you know, straighten it out. But nope, I am not fighting my hair's natural texture anymore. I can't even say that natural texture.
0: That's natural texture. OB. OBs. Okay, people, OB time. All right. Well, you know, I have a really long one here, so let's just let's get right into uh, uh, that time, Cheryl. Okay, can, can we? We can. All right. Cool. When the world gets weird and things
3: don't make any sense, it's news on the strange and the odd.
0: Okay, this is going to be really long, so you need to bear with me. and Hopefully, I won't screw up a thousand words because it's really, really, really long. But I just found it to be really, really weird. So, um, okay. So, the title basically came from uh, Slate.com through a lady by the name of Ella Morton. It says, so you want to marry a ghost. Okay. All right. So, in some societies, it's possible with a few kevets. Posthumorous marriage, that is, nuptials in which one or both members of the couple are dead. Is an established practice in China, Japan, Sudan, France, and even the United States among members of the Church of Jesus Christ of latter day saints. The procedure and legal legal nuances of each approach vary you know widely of course through cultures. so what I did is I just picked China and Japan because they're kind of really weird, so okay, so here we go, so this is wait China. wait, wait, wait,
1: so if I wanted to, for instance, after somebody some rich dead guy died, marry him so that I could inherit his estate.
0: You probably could. You know, yeah, you have to dig them up and you got to do this all like, well, I don't know about the United States, you know, like what they're... Well, um,
1: I'm just trying. I, I, I'll, so I'll, I'll see if I can do it in Japan.
0: Okay. Okay. So here, so we'll go to China, okay? Although China's Chinese dating and marriages practices are slowly changing under the influences of technology and online dating, traditionally family-oriented values still rule. Matchmaking via meddling parents and or marriage broker is big business. To be female and unmarried at 30 is to be a leftover woman. The 1978 implementation of the one-child policy has complicated the marriage market somewhat due to the societal preference of baby boys. A 2011 study found that the sex ratio among newborns rose from 105 males per 100 females in 1980 to over 120 males per 100 females during the 2000s. The skewed ratio has resulted in an overabundance of single men. Okay, so according to Chinese culture, older sons ought to marry before their younger brothers. If an older brother should die unmarried at a young age, however, there is a solution that keeps the social order intact, ghost marriage. In China and among the Chinese in Taiwan and Singapore, ghost marriages are performed to address a variety of social and spiritual ills. Chief among them are the desire to placate the restless spirit of those who to their grave went to their grave unmarried. Ghosts with families are liable to direct their discontent within the family circle. Uh, And it's here that ghost marriages becomes operative. A family whose son or daughter has died at a young age may come to believe that the deceased person is communicating a desire to be wed. The messages can take the form of a spirit wreaking general havoc on the family, such as causing illness, that do not respond to conventional treatments. A restless bachelor ghost may also express his desire to be married by appearing in a family member's dream or while being channeled through a spirit medium during a seance. Most ghost marriages are conducted to unite the spirits of two departed souls rather than wedding a dead person to a living one. Though it may seem harmless to conduct a postmortem ritual designed to make two ghosts happy, the practice of matchmaking dead men with worthy ghost brides has occasionally resulted in criminal depravity. In March 2013, four men in northern China were sentenced to prison for exhuming the corpse of ten women and selling them as ghost brides to the families of deceased, unmarried men. These women's bodies were intended to be buried alongside the dead men, ensuring eternal companionship. For deceased women, ghost marriages offer social and spiritual advantages in China society. A woman who dies single without having had children has no one to worship her memory or tend to her spirit. According to Chinese tradition, a dead woman cannot be memorialized within her family's home. Her spirit tablet, that's what they use when someone dies, is forbidden from being placed among the family in which she grew up. A deceased married woman, by contrast, gets to have her spirit tablet put on display in her husband's home. Ghost marriages therefore ensue that the woman's spirit can be worshipped by bringing her into the family of a husband who has been chosen for her after her death. Um, it says, if a heterosexual couple is engaged and the man dies before the wedding, the woman can engage in a ghost marriage by marrying her fiance spirit. During the ceremony, a white rooster stands in for the groom. Okay. And it gets weird now. According to Lucas J. Schwartz in Grave Vows, a cross-cultural examination of varied forms of ghost marriage among five societies, the bird also rides in the bridal carriage post-ceremony, and therefore accompanies the bride to formally dealing with the groom's family. Such cases are rare due to the requirements placed on the bride, who must then move in with her dead husband's family and take the vow of celibacy. Whether it involves a living person or not, ghost marriage is not legal in China. NBC News reported that it was outlawed during the reign of Chairman Mayo, but the ritual endures, particularly in the northern regions of the country. So that's China. So what do you think about China so far? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what i said i I got
1: nothing
0: i was like yeah well i was like totally freaked out like people are getting arrested for doing what like digging up bodies and then selling them off to here you can have a bride for your just that's well
1: yes so what bob in chat says is if you marry a ghost all you will get is a big boo job
0: (laughs) thanks bob i like that so, all right, so here's Japan's. Uh, this is Japan, darling dolls for the afterlife. It's a little different, okay? All right, 2000 article Buy Me a Bride, Death and Exchange in Northern Japanese Bride Doll Marriage. Uh, Elaine Schader Schneider sums up the philosophy behind ghost marriages in Japan. Persons who die early harbor resentment toward the living denied the sexual and emotional fulfillment of marriage and procreation. They often seek to torment their more formidable living relatives through illness, financial misfortune or spirit possession. Spirit marriage, allowing a ritual competition of life cycles, placates the dead spirit and turns its malevolent attention away from the living. The main factor distinguishing Japanese ghost marriages from Chinese counterpart is the incorporation of a non-human spouse. A deceased person is not married to a dead person nor to a living one, but to a doll. The most common ghost marriage is between ghost man and bride doll, but ghost women are, are occasionally united with tiny, inanimate grooms. According to this lady, a Chinese-style ghost marriages between a living doll, a living woman, and a deceased man formerly took place in Japan, but was placed in the 30s by man-doll marriage. The shift was, um, had, was increased in young single men, because, you know, all the de- dying during the war and stuff like that, so they went to dolls, evidently. During a bride doll wedding ceremony, a photo of the dead man is placed in a glass case along alongside the doll to represent their union. The tablet stays in place for up to 30 years, at which point the man's spirit is considered to be have passed into the next realm. The symbolic championship is designed to keep the ghost husband calm and prevent him from causing unrest within his living family. So that's a, that was the Japanese version. They do uh, dolls.
1: Well, it's really interesting to me because it what it actually seems to be showing is how culturally important marriage is in this in this time yes i mean that's what you take away with it is it's it's not so much paranormal as it's kind of anthropological anthropological or sociological Mm -hmm. that that this is such an important institution that we still in this day and age believe that someone needs to be partnered with someone else in order to be fulfilled in their life
0: I guess it's just, yeah, I, I started to read the French one and I, I, I chose not to put that on air because it's a lot more intense than the others. I don't know about the United States. So, uh, uh so, you know, that there you have it. I just, it was just so odd when I started reading. I'm like, I, I, I never really knew about this. So I'm like, okay, well, I just want to share. No, just,
1: I hadn't, I hadn't either, but it, it, it does make sense because again, we place such, such deep significance on partnership. Mm-hmm. And on, on being with another person, whether it's a, you know, a, a match of convenience or a match of love or for the purpose of bearing children or whatever it is. And so that cultures believe that, that spirits aren't going to rest if they were not married in this life is interesting.
0: True. Yep. Okay. So here's the last one that you'll find this interesting. Woman has out-of-body experiences whenever she wants. Okay, A Canadian student has co-founded his researchers by admitting she can have out-of-body experiences whenever she wants. The 24-year-old student is the first person with the condition to have been studied according to a recent case study published in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience. Um, Claudia Meiser, a professor at the School of Psychology of the University of Ottawa and co-author of the study, said that after he finished a class on out-of-body experiences, one of his students admitted she could do that at will. Uh, she came across the class and literally said, I thought everybody could do that. She thought it was a very common thing. Uh, she told ABC News because this is where it comes from. It's actually World News. So, uh, Having an out-of-body experience when a person feels they are looking down on themselves is thought to be a rare occurrence by researchers and is often associated with some psychological events such as a trauma, a drug-induced illusion, or lesions on the brain. Uh, Meiser and her co-author interviewed the student and her undergo and undergo went undergo an MRI to see if her brain activity might shed light on the unusual ability. Uh, Meiser said the g- girl first noticed her ability when she was a child and had a hard time going to sleep during naps. The past the times she would float above her body. I feel myself moving, or more accurately, can make myself feel as if I'm moving. I know perfectly well that I'm not actually moving, the student said. In fact, I'm hypersensitive to my body at that point because I am concentrating so hard on the sensation of moving. For example, if I spin for a long time, I will get dizzy. Uh, Meiser said, at some point, the student's brain showed similar activity to that of a high-level athlete who can vividly imagine themselves winning a competition. One difference, however, is that her brain activity was focused on one side. The athletes usually showed activity on both sides of the brain. Meiser said, more study was needed, but said that the discovery could mean many more people having this ability, but find it unremarkable. The discovery could be re- uh, similar to, what does it call it, sense- sense of thea?
1: Synesthesia.
0: Thank you. It's a, a mix of multiple senses. Was discovered in the wild in, in the wider population. Alternately the ability could be something that everyone is able to do as an infant or child but loses as they get older. In spite of the attention Meiser's paper is getting, her his unnamed student remains on the press. She says, I don't understand why you get excited, she goes as far as I can tell, she sees it as something ordinary thing that everybody can do. So yeah. I thought that's kind of cool considering what we're going to be talking about this evening.
1: So. Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's, it's interesting also because it may, um, provide insight into the workings of the brain because really we don't know a whole lot about the way our brains work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you consider how advanced we are scientifically and things, we sort of still, the human body and especially our brains remains kind of a big mystery to us. So, um, I had synesthesia. When I is was, that, uh, when I was taking no, it, wait, synesthesia,
0: synesthesia, I couldn't say Synest, that correctly. Synesthesia, synesthesia, chickmunk. There you go. I know See, it's, it's my chipmunk word. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, you just said chickmunk. I like it.
0: Oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. You're now you're talking my, I'm language. rolling
0: with you, Karen. But
1: anyway, when I, I had to take, um, I had for a while, I was having 15 migraines a month. And so my doctor put me on Topamax. And okay. while I was on the Topamax, I had synesthesia, and it is so freaking trippy. I mean, basically, you trip balls. It's um, like you can taste sound, or you can smell vision, or your 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 senses get mixed up.
0: Okay, that's pretty. Well, that's that'd be really weird. It yeah, it's pretty weird. Taste color, or you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's right. pretty weird. It's I, I stopped taking the Topamax after about six months to a year uh, because it also robs you of about 20 IQ points. So I was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Kirk going, How you doing, Karen? Uh, I, I don't <laughs> Yo, Rocky, yo, Uh, Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's it for the news. I mean, I, I just found the first one's slightly morbid and creepy, but I I understand what they were trying to do, just in a really weird way. And then this it was interesting that this girl was like, hey, I, I do it all the time. It's no big deal. You know, it's interesting how some people do these things and they just think, but, well, doesn't everybody do it? And it's like.
1: Yeah, I'm like that. Like me picking up on people's vibes, like everybody yeah. has a signature vibe. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So to me, that is perfectly normal. Yeah. And I just thought everybody could do that. It mm. never occurred to me that that was something that was unique to me until I started to, like would try to tell people, you know, oh, you know, like when you feel this, and they're like,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and before I forget, too, I don't want to forget that tomorrow is my wonderful sister-in-law, Barb Gotsky's birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Barb Gotsky. Happy Barbie birthday,
0: Barb Gotsky. Happy yes, birthday, I- Barb G. She's the one that joneses when we don't have shows up, Cheryl. And I go, I, told her, I go, Cheryl, do we not put any of the shows up yet? Because she's saying, I don't have any more shows because you can't she, listen live. I put one to, up this
1: morning. So
0: yeah, I know. She said, show, she got it. Okay.
1: Barbie G.
0: Barbie G. There you go. Barbie G.
1: Runs uh, in the family. Everybody chippies. in your family. Rachel should be <laughs> Rachel G. Yeah, everybody in your family. <laughs> like Marky G. G. Yeah.
0: How about, Oh uh, well, yeah, you don't have a G. I'd say Karen G, but this makes I'm sense.
1: I'm K Fraz. So.
0: K Fraz. and F- we have F-
1: Jay Fraz. and
0: I think I think we're going with that. I think we're going Chucky G and K Fraz. What do you think, people? You just take a vote in the chat room, and let us know later. Uh,
1: I'm Karen Fraser. I
0: know that's fine, but I like the Barbie G. There you go, I like we the Barbie go. G.
1: Yeah.
0: Welcome to Paranormal Ground Radio in the dark with Chucky G and Barbie G. Oh, are
1: you cool. trying to replace me? No, with no, no,
0: no, no. I was just trying to see what it sounds like. Barbie G, relax.
1: if if Chuck wants to replace <laughs> you with me, um, stop listening to our podcasts. <laughs>
0: No, she's like a great fan, so that's okay. But I just wanted oh, okay. to wish her happy birthday, you know. So.
1: Well, happy birthday, Barb, Barbara, Barb, Barbara. Go Barb.
0: I think Barb. Happy birthday, Barb. Is happy good.
1: Birthday, Barb. There you
0: go. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm looking forward to talking to our wonderful guest about
1: Obies.
0: about Obis.
1: O-B-E. <laughs> That's gonna be we L-M need to have now. like old-fashioned, O-B-E-S. old-time radio E-S. announcer
0: diction. Daryl's going to come on and go, Chuck, would you O-B-E-S. stop saying O-B-E? We're talking about O-B-E. Okay, O-B-E-S. I, have to g-
1: I have to give
2: our guest a plug even before he, he even comes on because Ooh, okay. I have his book. Has- um, it's called Travel Far, A Beginner's Guide to the Out-of-Body Experience, including first-hand accounts and comprehensive theory and methods. And my gosh, that title is true. This book is full of good stuff. Really? Um I have a million. Have a, of OBE it, is, it is. There's there's personal experiences, there's um exercises that you can actually do yourself to try and practice OBE's. There's um sections on psychic um exercises and how you can how can, that can help you as well with OBE.
0: Sweet. Oh. Well, I hope that we you all share yeah. some of it. You know, I don't want to like take the whole book away, but I want to no. share some of it. You know what I mean? Because I'm I I, gotta, I I now I have to get the book.
1: We got to hit some key points. Cheryl Cheryl got a book, and yet we're the ones doing the interviews. Isn't that interesting? Wait 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 wait, wait, that wait, what, wait what? How did that happen? How did you that did we, didn't, how we didn't get the
2: book? Well, because I prepare you after I read the book. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you
1: did
0: <laughs> I
2: did too, didn't I? I thought
0: I did. No, well, well, you got the, Well, you yeah.
2: did send us an email, but I didn't yes, really read got, it. Thank you, Karen, the- for not reading my email. I did prepare you, but okay, whatever. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, oh. Well, I got like the bio thing from the, you know the website. Uh, so you know,
1: I am busy. I have stuff going on. <laughs>
0: whoa! That what, no, is that you're saying? Whoa! I whoa! Have to,
1: I have to keep up on what's going on with Real Housewives.
0: Oh yeah, that's it. Bachelor
1: in Paradise.
0: Crying out loud.
1: Seriously? No. <laughs> Please if you I, it, Do if you I, know how many books I've written in like the last two years? Yeah, like yeah. sixteen. See so you, so,
2: you would not have read the book had I sent it to you.
1: I would have after I talked to him and got really excited about and you it. You
2: will you will be ordering it on Kindle if it's on Kindle tonight. I, gar- I will. I guarantee
1: Well, I probably will be ordering do. it on Kindle while we're sitting here. Yes. Hey, by the way,
0: when you, you order be. stuff on Kindle, like if you have, if I don't have a Kindle, if I have like a Samsung tablet, I can still read off of that, right? You, that get
2: a, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Find <laughs> out. You should be
0: able to. Yeah. I'm pretty I just sure. Book and wait till I'm going to read it. I you think know?
2: you should be able to, but I don't know.
0: Okay. All right. We'll check into that. Anyways. um, so exciting.
1: Plus, I like the name Daryl Berry. It sounds like, I don't know. Maybe it's because, no. I don't know. It sounds like it's just a cool name.
0: I know. Well, I like Well, I, you want,
1: d- I would always only call him Daryl Berry, though. I would never call him just Daryl. <laughs> Wait,
0: if you do the full name, it's Daryl E. Berry Jr. Daryl so, Berry. Did you say Daryl Berry, like Darryl, Darryl-y-berry-ly. Darryl-y-berry-ly. Oh. Hey, Haley Berry?
1: Daryl Berry. Daryl Berry.
0: Oh. It's Haley Berry. We should ask him. Hallie? You mean Holly? Says, yeah, that's my cousin. I'd be like, whoa. Sweet.
2: I don't think her name yeah. is spelled the same,
1: but maybe it is. I have no idea. I don't
0: know. Maybe he knows. We'll ask him.
4: I'm oh, it not is. a big follower. I just spelled like the, the same. name. I, yeah. I
1: would. I would just call him I don't know if I I think if I called him Daryl E. Barry, it would be too much like Daryl Barely or something. Yeah. I would I would get I would get tongue tied, but I think I would call him Daryl Barry all the time if he was my friend in real life. So, because it's a cool name.
0: Earl yeah, does, Just okay. like I call you Chucky e. G. It does kind of roll off there. i like it. It
1: does. It does. Should I like it. That,
0: well, should we call him that when he comes on the show or just call him Daryl?
1: Probably just Daryl. All
0: right. We'll call him with Daryl. Right, He's we'll with- in
1: the chat room, so he probably has heard me waxing poetic about his name because it's cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Daryl, we're just going to call you Daryl, and I want to call him Obese. Can I call him Obese? Maybe you can come on the show and give me the oh. Uh,
1: B E no. again. You need the you need the old timey announcer diction. O B E deep in the jungles of the O B E deep in the jungles of the human mind.
0: Oh uh, whoa! Do I sound
1: like an old. Do I sound like an old timey radio announcer when yeah. I did that? A little I'm gonna bit. sit
0: back. And let you talk yeah. tonight because that was cool. I'm, was I'm, that old timey? That was old yeah. time. I like it. Very,
1: like Walter Winchell or something.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I was going. Deep the the human mind with O B E's. Look
1: at that! Oh, yours is see. Yours is kind of mellifluous. Mine is more deep in the jungles. It's like those <laughs> those old um, like wait, World well, War II wait, Two newsreels.
0: Wait, 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 wait! What was that word you used? Because I don't even know what the hell that was. Mellifluous.
1: What, Melif- 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 what the hell is that, Cheryl?
0: Mellifluous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Would you explain the word to him?
2: Explain that to I me cuz am
0: a low-line person here. No,
2: I don't know that one either. That's it's funny. like sonorous. It's deep it's, and It's It's like melodic. fluid. Oh, melodic. Okay, I was going to say fluid, but melodic. I understand
0: melodic, melodic and fluid. I don't understand sonorous either, so sorry. Well, a solder furniture. I was
1: just I was just pointing out that that now that I'm off the Topamax, of my IQ has risen and I can say I can say three mellifluous, four syllable words count. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's whipping out. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, just very- trying
1: to. I'm just trying to obfuscate the situation.
0: Oh my god! All right. Go. All and on that note, on. it's I time for a break. I am a primitive man. I don't even. I don't have a great part of average to understand these words.
1: <laughs> you know what it is? They're SAT words. That's what I'm. I'm whipping out the SAT words, dude.
0: Well, whip out a word to get us to a break because it's time.
1: Break. Okay. So. Come stick around. We're going to be talking about obese. obese. I'm just trying. I'm trying to dic, dic... No, I can't even say it. Diction it. No.
0: Sorry, <laughs> All sorry. Right. I'm so sorry. Obese.
1: I stuttered. Um. Anyway, I'm lost. We're, That's okay. Stick around. Come back. We'll be talking to Daryl E. Berry.
0: There you go. On the Hazy Radio Network. On the
1: Hazy Radio Network. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio
0: in the dark. In the dark. We bye Bye-bye.
2: We're not Bye-bye. Sure.
0: Bye bye. Hey everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser.
1: We'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from seven to nine p.m. Pacific, ten to midnight Eastern, for Paranormal Underground Radio, In the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G.
0: We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing
1: guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on HazyRadio.com. Hey, everyone. It's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, investigating the haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you, too, can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfrazier.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
0: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG.
1: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
0: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social
4: networking site today.
3: Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke.
0: When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke. FAST. Visit StrokeAssociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Steve Deschardins from the Dead Files. You're listening to Paranormal Underground in the Dark. The views expressed and
1: the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only.
0: We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier. We are now have ourselves under control so we can talk with our wonderful guest, Mr. Daryl E. Berry Jr., who is the author of Travel Far, a beginner's guide to the out of body experience. Daryl, welcome to the show.
4: Awesome. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on after you heard what you heard. He, yeah.
4: yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So let's let's just start at the beginning, shall we, Daryl? Like I always do with everybody. So
1: I'd like to start us, in the middle.
0: You want to start in the middle? No, no that go would ahead. Make no I'm sense. Sorry. That would I'm, make no I'm, sense. All right. Um, so uh, tell me, like, how did you how did you start by getting into uh, the out of body experiences and such?
4: Actually, it started spontaneously when I was a kid, before I knew anything about it, and that's one of the things, you know, besides the fact that over the years I've had confirmation experiences, but. That's one of the things that lends credence to the reality of it to me, because I didn't know anything about it. Uh, I was about four or five years old. And what happened was I just started to feel heavy and lethargic around uh evening time. So I went to go lay down until I felt better. And I told my mom, you know, I'm not feeling so well. I'm going to go lay down. And the closer I got to my bed, the heavier I got until I finally plopped myself down on the bed. So, uh, after a while, I started feeling better. After I fell asleep, so I figured, let me get up and tell my mom I'm feeling better because she probably thought I was, you know, feeling bad or whatever. I, I don't want her to worry. Mm-hmm. So I got out of bed as normal and 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 went to go her And when I went to open the door of my bed, the bedroom, my hand went through the doorknob. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, that, that doesn't seem too 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 uh, common. So I tried to open the door again, and my hand went through the doorknob. So I looked back at my bed. And I saw a, a lump on the bed under the sheets that I presumed was my physical body. So at that point, I walked through the door. I walked through the intervening walls and, and went into the kitchen and was trying to get my mom's attention. But, of course, you not see me or hear me. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that no sound was coming from my throat. And, uh, you know, I tried yelling at her for a while to try to get her attention. And, and after a while, the experience just ended. I woke up in the morning and that was my introduction into the experience. Did
1: you think you were dead? I mean, you're a little kid. How do you? I guess kids maybe accept things better than adults do. But how do you contextualize that as a as a four or five year old kid?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I just remember waking up the next day and uh, running to my mom, saying, "Mom, I was out of my body." You know, and she's like, "Why are you as Jimmy?" You know, you know. But I don't really, I don't really have a context for it. I mean, I, I, I just that's just what I called it—just being out of my body. You know, that's what I asked my mom. And years later, you know, when I was putting the book together, I, uh, I, uh, do you, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that, you know? She told me, yeah, I remember you calling, running up to me telling me that, you know? So, um that's, that's just, uh, you know, over time it started to happen more and more. I didn't, then I started to become more purposeful about it and I recognized what it was. But it, it took a little bit of time. You know, uh, uh, it got to the point to where I would just, Habitually float out of body. I would just habitually, many a night, I literally slept on the ceiling of my bedroom. I would just wow. be laying and my nose would be to the ceiling like this. And, the, and I would just be staring at the ceiling, and I would look back once in a while and look at my body, and I would just be staring at the ceiling the whole night. And then I would just float back down to my body. You know, I could have course.
1: used that as a kid, like in boring times at school, like during the film strips yes. where the guy talks like this, or like um, in church. During the sermon, I would have done that. Did you use it? Did you use it like that?
4: Well, no. It actually takes a bit of development to do it at any time. Like I've I've gone out of body on my lunch break and stuff before, but that's usually in periods of high high practice. So uh, you know, most of the time it happens during normal sleep time because whenever you have an out of body experience, I guess I can't say whenever. Initially. Whenever you have an out of body experience, your physical body is asleep. You, you could eventually okay. get good enough to where you can keep your body active. But your physical body initially has to always go to sleep. Okay. So, uh, and then it, it, it takes a bit of practice to be able to get to The sleep state while remaining conscious because of course most people we're so focused on third density reality on on the physical world we don't even remember our dreams most people don't even remember their dreams at night they go to sleep and they wake up and it's just a bunch of blackness so uh, it does take some training uh not because it's an unnatural experience it's a very natural experience you know over the years and over the decades i've of course talked to a lot of people i've taught dozens of people how to do it i've heard several stories and you know, so often I, I I would describe it to people. For instance, the common occurrence is the paralysis. I'm sure you've woken up before I went to sleep and you felt paralyzed. Very common. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a common thing that happens. It's just that most people have, we've allowed our conscious awareness to atrophy to the point that we don't, we're not aware of our inner lives anymore. So, you know, uh, uh, I would say the first day someone's not going to be just getting out whenever they really want. But, you know, after a little bit of training, you can. You know, make that that church sermon go a bit smoother because you could just fly out, get out, and fly around places and stuff. <laughs> like that. So, you know, like I said, I'll pass my lunch break. I'll be doing experiments on my lunch break and stuff. So, hey, yeah, it, it could get pretty, pretty. Your 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 life becomes a lot more fun. Put it that way. Uh, uh you know. Sure. You know.
1: Can you interact with people when you're doing this? Is there yeah. a, so you? But again, that's not something you do initially, I would imagine, because
4: oh, yes. your hand goes through the doorknob or. Oh, you mean when, you mean interact with people who are still physical?
1: Yeah, like when you're out of the body, can you interact with like um, your mother, or can can you interact with matter even like? Because I have a friend who does remote viewing, and she can um, make things happen in people's houses when she's doing it.
4: I I, I, I can say I, my my research says it's possible. I believe it's possible. I've never done it myself, but of course, I've never okay. really focused on doing it. But I'm certain it's possible. You know, uh, because uh, every, everything is really your frequency. Everything is really energy. So even, right. even in the physical world, it's just condensed energy. So it's just, sure. it's just really, really a matter of like the only reason why things in the physical world are solid to our physical body is because they vibrate at a, at a comparative rate. So if you adjust your non-physical frequency to the point that you can interact with the highest frequency of a physical matter then you could you could you could affect it so that's why things like poltergeist happen and telekinesis you know right. I, I things while in body like i've you know like like in my bio i say i've done all kind of psychic phenomena, telepathy and all kind of stuff so i practice telekinesis as well and uh i got to the point for instance where i sat a glass on a table foot through a water and i floated a needle on top of the glass and i was able to make the needle spin as i intended.
1: oh yeah i've seen people do that before mm-hmm.
4: It's yeah, okay. I have no months.
1: telekinetic abilities whatsoever.
4: Well, you do, but you just have to train it to make it strong enough. All this stuff is normal and natural. It's just like, it's just like oh. you have the ability. Yeah. You have the ability to throw a football.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if I gave you a football, you can throw it, right? Uh, like a girl, yeah. You can throw it.
4: Sure. You may not be able to be a quarterback on an NFL team. <laughs> that is true. But you can throw a football. Mm-hmm. The same thing. Everybody has telekinesis. Now okay. you have to develop it to the point where you can move something to the degree that you can notice it. But I mean, even even a a, a person you pull off the street can make a random number generator. Right. You know, numbers change. Yeah. So everybody has these abilities. Right. Not. It's just we have to develop it to the point to where we can make an effect that's discernible, so that right. that's all.
1: Right. Well, I have tried the random number generator thing because um, both Chuck and I are um, psychic mediums. So we both clearly have some some telepathic abilities, but I have so I've tried the random number generator because I wanted to see how good I was at the telekinesis thing, and every time I do it, I score below chance. <laughs> so,
4: I'm like extra <laughs> bad. yeah <laughs> that, that's not that's not it. See, that's the same thing that happens with skeptics. I've I've read several occurrences really? where a skeptic would. Uh, 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 let's say the goal. Let's say you have a random number generator that goes from zero to nine. The goal is to make a high number of nines. Yeah. And a skeptic will make a high number of zeros. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's that still an
1: yeah. effect.
4: That's mm-hmm. still an effect.
1: That's true because so, it's so, it's not within
4: chance. Exactly. It's Important. it's off of the median that would be just just random chance. So, you know, it it, it you know I experienced that a lot as well. Like let's say I I'm applying my uh, 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 telepathy or, or whatever practice I'm doing. Uh, this is a good example. So one of the things I'm doing now, I'm doing a research study to where I'm getting people who, who can also consciously out of body experience. And we're starting to get out of body and do telep- telep- telepathy experiences and consciously interact and, and validate it. So, you know, I I did a research study a few years ago before Travel 4 coming out, and I'm doing a more advanced one. And, uh, we was doing a telepathic experience. Me, me and my friend Lewis, we're getting pretty good at it. And uh, he sent me, I didn't know he was a hot dog. So I saw a hot dog very clearly, an image of a hot dog, uh no dressing, no toppings at all. Just a plain hot dog wiener on a bun. He sent me a hot dog that was loaded. His hot dog had onions, ketchup, all kind of stuff. So, and that's the example. He sent it loaded, but I got it absolutely unloaded. Right. Or someone might, uh, uh, you know, but that just happens all the time. So sometimes just the way it works, you get, you get the opposite of what you're seeing, but the fact that you're getting the opposite is a, a validation in and of itself. And what happens is, if you practice it enough, you'll start to be able to translate that opposite. You know, you'll start, you'll start to be able to say, okay, if I'm getting it this way, it must be this. And you start to be able to discern and, and translate it. Mm-hmm. It's just like with a computer. You know, there's a binary system behind it. And even though you might see, you know, an image on the screen, there's coding that has nothing to do with an image, the way we interpret things. But the computer can translate that image and it comes through a certain way. So there's a certain language to the subconscious mm-hmm. where sometimes it may apparently seem to be off off base. But once you learn to, to interpret that language, you'll see how accurate things are.
0: Now there's a, we got a question in chat. It was from Bob. Uh, he wanted, to, he wanted to know, can you interact with spirits who have crossed over, like when Definitely. you're in that state? Okay.
4: Definitely. Uh, one of the, the, uh, most profound experiences I had was meeting my grandmother after she died. So, uh, you know, my grandmother, uh, was pretty close, I would say, you know, and, uh, you know, she was on, on, on my dad's side, which is a bit more distant side, but you know, she, she loved me very much. I loved going over there. So when she died, you know, I thought, you know, rather than wailing at the funeral, let me just go see her. So it was about two weeks after she died. Uh I went into her an altar state and intended to go to her and I appeared in an area of the non physical called the void. Like there's an area of the non physical where it's like outer space with no stars. And uh and she appeared. You know, I, I, initially I heard her laughter. She had a very distinct laugh. Mm-hmm. And this year, appeared in my field division, in two weeks, she wasn't, she didn't even have a very solid human form anymore. She looked like an ovoid cloud of light, of multicolored light, but I could see her face in a cloud. And I communicated with her for a little while. Uh, another person who I met after he died was Robin Monroe. I don't know if you with Robin Monroe, but he's one of the pioneers in the field. And, uh, you know, he died several years ago, but I decided, let me go see my Robin Monroe. And a few times I met him. You know, I went in and saw him on this area of the uh, non physical called the park. Like, there's this, this area of the non physical that he called uh, Focus 27, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that is a sort of medium level astral level realm, and, and there's a big university there. And you'll find that. People habitually go out of body, but they don't remember it. You know, you can see relatives, you can see friends. But I went and saw him and I, and I, I kind of interrupted his class a little bit. And I left and I saw one of my classmates from from school at the time. So several times I've met people who are deceased. You can you can meet deceased people. Uh, only thing about that is it depends on how long ago the person died, because uh, this is not the only lifetime we have. And, and so people might incarnate again and, Mm -hmm. and people change, you know, just like my grandmother, she, she didn't even really have a human form anymore. So already in two weeks of physical time, she was greatly relinquishing her physical identity, her physical persona. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's possible that you, you know, you have a relative and you go out and meet them and they're not, they're not quite the same person anymore. The person that they will be a part of the identity, but it'll be a part. They'll, they'll, you know, they start to let go of that limited focus and accept more of a more expanded identity. But, you know, you can go out and meet people who are deceased. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not hard to do at all.
0: All right. Well, there, we have another question from Bob, but real quick, I want to ask this one first because I think, Cheryl, I think you gave this. Uh, is is the dream state as real as our physical state? Is it the, I mean, I guess uh, real is a relative term, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, when yeah, talking, what, is, what is reality? Right, exactly. Right. I mean, but I mean, do you, do you have a, what's your, what's your thought on that?
4: Oh, definitely. That, you... That's, that's a very, it's a, actually a very complex question because how we call dreams? So what we call dreams, so, uh, what, dream, what we call dreams are mm-hmm. many things. So I'm going to go into what they the, the, the different levels of what they are. Okay. Now we have dreams, dreams proper, which means a hallucination in our mind. Now let's say you're, you're going to work. Your, your, your floor is the third floor. You get into the elevator. I'm talking about physically. You're physically at work, you get into the elevator. You know, the elevator takes a long time, so you lose focus and you start daydreaming. You're hallucinating yourself on the beach. You get to your floor, the bell rings, and and you're back in the physical world. That hallucination is what happens when we're sleeping as well. And when we're sleeping, because the physical focus is, is inert, it seems very real to us, and that's what we call a nocturnal dream. That's a nocturnal dream proper, which is just a hallucination in our mind. That's it. Wow. Now, whatever we think, whatever we think does have an effect on the nonphysical. And you can test this yourself by imagining something. Let's say you imagine your dream home, and you imagine it day after day. You can go out of body eventually And go to it and it's an actual non-physical realm in the non-physical, a a place that you can go to non-physically and see, a place that somebody else can go to non-physically and see and describe and tell you about. So our imagination, even though it initially starts as an imagination in our personal mind, it actually affects the non-physical, which means we could eventually go to a place that we only dreamt about And it actually is a non-physical realm. But if our awareness is unclear, we can still call it a dream. All right. Which means that some dreams are actually journeys into non-physical realms. But because our awareness is not clear and it's very hazy, we wake up in the morning and we call it a dream. Mm -hmm. Okay. now is also the out of body experience proper where you can get out of body and have an out of body experience um, you know, you can see your mom in the kitchen, see what she's doing, go back the next day, tell her what she did and confirm that you were there in an out-of-body experience. But you can also have an out-of-body experience and have hazy, unclear awareness, wake up in the morning and experience it as a dream. Oh, I dreamt of seeing Daryl last night. And then I call you on the phone and I say, I saw you out-of-body last night. That was a dream. No, it wasn't I saw you out-of-body. It was over here. Which means that some things we call dreams or actually out of body experiences that we see hazily. Right?
1: So I uh, sort of to follow on that, I want to ask you about time mm-hmm. when you're out of body. So can I go out of body to something that I would perceive as being the future when I'm in body? Does that make sense?
4: Definitely. I've went to the past okay. and I've went to the future. Okay. So, so you can go out of body, you can you can go uh, uh, see what's going to happen in the future uh, you can go out of body and see an alternate timeline of what would have happened if you would have made a different choice uh, you can go to the past and relive something that did happen so anything you want to do time wise is possible in the out of body state it's, it's just as simple as willing yourself when you want to be so we all often talk about where we want to be I want to go to the movies or whatever you want to do but you could also decide when you want to be so it's actually very easy to do that's
0: pretty cool. All right, now, that's uh, really cool. Let's see. I want to get to Bob's question before I get too farther, and it, it's back to. He says, "If you if you have an OBE in a house that was being cleansed of spirits, mm-hmm. would you have to leave as well? Does that have that effect?"
4: Yes, that's that's a very good question. Uh, matter of fact, this just happened in our uh, non physical in my research study. I'm doing. What mm-hmm. happened is one of one of my researchers. He went out of Biden to visit one of the other researchers. And uh but that researcher was he was having some issues going on. So he started doing some, some some sort of cleansing. He was putting up a psychic shield. And when he put up the psychic shield, <laughs> the out of my experience researcher was immediately pushed back. And immediately it was like a field of no went over the person where he could no longer perceive or sense the person. and And later, when we confirmed everything in the physical, Everything matched. My, my, my friend went out of body and saw him. He noticed him. He, he confirmed his physical environment. My friend, he was going through some issues. He was like, hey, you know, I know that you're here, but I'm doing some things. He put up his field. He was pushed back. So it does have an effect. I've also read about this in uh, Albert Taylor's book where he went to visit somebody and the person had a habit of putting up a, a, a psychic shield push them back it was like an impenetrable barrier so and he was i am there.
1: so glad to hear that because that means that when i do it it works
4: it works it definitely works uh uh it, cool. when you imagine something in the non-physical it's solid it's as solid as, as this physical table it's as solid as a, as a bullet as solid as a wall right. whatever you imagine it's solid there
1: so when you were talking about, you know, like, well, you could imagine this perfect house, blah, 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 and you can go to it in the non-physical world. But I do affirmation and visualization where I visualize things that then become solid in the physical world. So where is the link between me going to that house and you going to that house that I've created in the non-physical world and me actually then living in that house in the physical world? How does that how does that follow?
4: Good question. Well, the way it works is the world, the physical world always follows thought. So the physical world is always an effect of the non-physical. Often we don't see it that way or recognize it as as the case, but that's always the case. Which means that everything that happens, every single thing that happens and manifests in the physical world is an effect of thought and energy. Right. So if you focus on certain thoughts and certain energy, then you'll be more inclined to make that manifest. Now, one of the things that happens is the fact is, for most of us, the majority of our mind is unconscious. So that doesn't always work because oftentimes we're subconsciously wanting something other than what we believe we want. right. So that's why, yes. you know, manifestation that has always worked Else, everybody would be a millionaire <laughs> and married to Pamela Anderson. Right. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> there, there, I would be married to her. Well, or, or, or Brad Pitt. Well, <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, but there is, there is a, a, a greater mind that, that influences yeah. things, but there is a certain amount of leeway to where. You visualize something and it's within the sphere of what you've chosen for this lifetime so you can make things manifest. So, you know, there's periods of times when I did magic and candle magic and I've experienced being able to do a spell and make certain things manifest. So it's just simply that the physical world always follows energy. That's the basis of healing. So the physical body is 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 an effect of an energetic template. And physical illness always follows the non-physical counterpart, which is why, for instance, uh, if someone's really good at clairvoyance, they can see a disturbance in their energy before it manifests as a physical illness. So conversely, if you have the ability to alter your energetic field, you could adjust the energetic template and then affect healing. But, of course, like I said, there's a greater mind, sometimes illnesses might be a service to someone so no matter what they do they, they won't be able to heal it but if something is within the realm of 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 your plan where it doesn't alter any greater plans you can adjust your energetic field and change the physical body and heal yourself so i've i've healed myself before as well so that's all it is the physical body always follows uh, uh thought but again there's only a certain realm of, of influence because there's greater things going on but we do have the ability to affect things to a large degree because of so. the way we think
1: Right. So what that means then is that that it's very important that you monitor what you think.
4: Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's really, in my experience, the basis of a spiritual progress. I mean, not as far as manifesting things, but all of our hatred, all of our judgment, is because of what we're thinking. It's, it's, a, it's the thoughts that we're believing and the anger and judgment and guilt that we project onto others, which is a reflection of the things that, that we harbor inside. So it's, it's ultimately important. And again, uh, that realm that we are able to influence, that realm that we are able to manifest, if we're constantly thinking negative, well, guess what we're going to manifest? You are a waste, a Even loser. If something good he- happens. Cheryl? Like, and even if something good happens Sorry, even gang. if something good Sorry. happens if we're thinking negatively we'll even interpret it negatively i mean how many times have you told someone you know hey your hair looks nice today you're talking about my hair because they thought their hair looked bad <laughs> they messed they, they messed up on their <laughs> hair that morning they thought they thought it looked horrible uh-huh. They not come out the way they wanted you compliment them and they take offense because they believe their hair was bad we've all experienced that maybe not yeah. that particular thing but we've all told somebody something and they totally took it out of context so it all, it it, 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 I mean, imperative is is our thinking, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we. Have, so we oh.
0: no, I was, no! I was just say, So it sounds like we really need to be careful about our negative thoughts. That's I right. Mean, that's
1: that's right. what I told you. Remember me telling you that, Chuck?
0: Yes. <laughs> that's, well, yes, and I'm getting affirmation right now. So yeah, we need we need to be careful about our. Our, our negative thoughts or even even our sad thoughts, our sadness. You need
1: to cancel them. Well, no, I think that you need to allow yourself to feel what you feel, but I also, because there's a lesson in that and because we need to experience the whole gamut of things. Right. Uh, of of the human experience, but I think that you need to also be very careful about Yeah, about how you feel and, or what you say and what you do and how you act and all of that. Hey, we need to take, we need to take a break. This is really fascinating. You can stick around for another 45 minutes or so. Yes. All right. All right. Very good. Uh, so stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on the hazy radio network. We'll be right back.
0: You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to DiscoverTheForest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
3: Why do I feel this way? Day. I can't get her back, there's something wrong in my head. with I South know. Sound Paranormal
1: Research, and you're listening to Chucky e. G and Karen Fraser on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio
0: Network. That is correct. We are back on the Hazy Radio Network. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with our host Karen Frazier, me Chucky e. G, and our wonderful guest Mr. Daryl E. Barry Jr., who is a very fascinating man. By the way, I was pointing that out at break, and I'm just going to point it out again because I'm just. My mind's being blown as we speak. We were
1: so. picking his brain and break. <laughs> we did not let poor Daryl Barry take a break.
0: No, no, no. We're just going to keep right on him. Uh, so, all right. So, I want to. I want to ask a question of me. I want to know something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and it went all the way back to when you said you were a child and how you were trying to grab the door and trying to, you know, what what does that feel like? I mean, is there a sensation when you're going through doors and walls? And I mean, is there any? sensation to that or is Actually, I it, it didn't feel just... anything
4: and uh uh it just it, i don't really feel anything you know uh uh i've i've heard people say they feel things i really think it depends on clarity your clarity at the time mm-hmm. so i was pretty clear but i was pretty frantic i was yeah, not I focusing on this this the, the experience so uh, I was just thinking about getting to my mom and 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 getting this thing over with some kind of way. And uh, <laughs> later on, like I had an experience several years later when I tried to go through a wall and the wall stopped. Me. <laughs>
3: Whoa. Yeah. Oops.
4: You know, uh, it's just way, the way my frequency was. Uh, most often than not, though, when I try to go through a wall, I end up somewhere else. So usually when I want to get somewhere, I have to intend myself there. I remember one time. My entire goal of this out of body experience, I got out and I was like, I'm gonna walk through the wall without ending up somewhere else. And I turned around and I and I went to walk backwards. And still when I walked to the wall, I ended up I ended up somewhere else. So oftentimes when I try to go to the wall they end up somewhere else for whatever reason. Uh uh so either I, I don't feel anything or I end up somewhere else. But if you your if your focus is on it, you can feel the uh the non physical matter of the other the components of it as you go through because everything has a non physical counterpart.
0: Well, wait, cause that that could be bad though if you're trying to walk through the wall and you lose your sight of what you're doing or the frequency changes, you could couldn't you be trapped or?
4: Well, no, no, you couldn't be trapped. Okay. You couldn't be trapped right. in the wall. No, 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 okay. you could not be trapped. All right. All right. I mean, because because getting back to your physical body is just as easy as intending it. Yeah. You okay. know, so you could always get back. Uh, 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 it's possible that you get back to your physical body. This happened only one time. Uh, uh, one time I, I, I got out and I went, I did a, did a whole bunch of things and, and I came back and I went to get into my physical body and I couldn't actually reintegrate. And what I learned was my physical body was still deeply asleep. So believe it or not, every time you go to sleep, every single time you hit Delta sleep, you have an out of body experience. Like I said, when I was a kid, a lot of times when my body hit delta, I would just float up towards the ceiling. So, if your body is in deep delta sleep, it'd be almost like it's in, it'd be almost like it's a it's a different frequency because it is, and you just have to wait for it to wake up a little bit. You know, so, so I've, I've experienced that before. But if Mm -hmm. something happens in the physical body that's some kind of danger, you'll still pop up like normal. But if you're just lilac around, sometimes your physical, physical body is deeply asleep and you just Mm -hmm. wait for it to wake up a bit and and then you just hop back in. Mm Uh, but if you want to get back to it, it still is only an intention. You can be, you know, uh, one thing that happened was when I was a kid and, uh, uh, you know, I guess I was about six or seven at the time. I don't remember exactly what age. And I started to realize this is something, you know, this is actually something. It's not just a dream like like people would say. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I think I want to use this to go somewhere purposefully. This is the first purposeful experience I did, the first purposeful journey. I went to Big Ben the Clock because I was in an elementary class and the teacher told us about, we was talking about London and, and Big Ben. So I was like, wow, mm-hmm. it'd be nice if I can go to Big Ben. So that night, I went to Big Ben and went to sleep and to go to Big Ben. Now, mind you, I was just a kid. I didn't even realize that on that side of the planet would be daytime. So I pop in front of B- Big Ben, I teleport, and it's filled with people. I was expecting it to be nighttime. So there's people walking around. I look up, I see Big Ben. I look down, and I'm naked. I am stark <laughs> naked. So I'm freaking out. Well, I'm like, everybody can see me. <laughs> so I'm trying to cover myself up, and uh, and what happened is I was so freaked out and I, I and, and eventually I was, I was just pulled back to my physical body. Now, this is on the other side of the planet. So I don't know exactly how wide the planet earth is, but it's like several thousands of miles. And it took like about two seconds to get back, hmm. you know, so it don't matter how far you are. If you want to get back to your body, you can, you can get back, you know, Interesting. again, if it's deeply asleep, you might realize it's still deeply asleep, but you can get back in a moment. Yeah. If your body is not deeply asleep or if you're really traumatized, like, you know, when I was, I was so freaking out and thought it was looking at me naked, even though of course nobody saw me. And when I came back to my body so fast, my body, my body shook, you know, when it hit. Oh, you did the jerk <clears throat> like awake, that. yeah. That's right. Repercussion, right? And yeah. I, and I popped up and, and, you know, so yeah, yeah. So you can get back, uh, immediately, so.
1: Well, you're making me think about dreams really differently, which is really cool because I write a dream interpretation column for, for Paranormal Underground magazine. And so I tend to always look at every dream as, as that there are symbols and things, but there are things in my dreams that I've never understood where the symbols haven't made sense. And there are always things like I'm trying to talk and nobody can hear me or, um, I'm, I'm trying to open a door and I can't or I'm trying to dial the phone and I can't dial the phone. And so, those aren't me feeling disassociated and that appearing in my dreams, possibly, which I, I, I've i always thought, well, that doesn't make sense with what's going on in my life. Those could be out-of-body experiences.
4: You're out-of-body experiences. So did you notice before you even mentioned that, I said that first experience, I tried to open the door. Yeah. Open. Several times yeah. I've tried to, when I was a kid, I tried to operate the toilet and I realized I couldn't make it flush. I couldn't turn on the, on the lights. Yeah, it and those,
1: it, it just frustrates me in my dreams and I wake up and... And I always think, well, God, that, you know, because I get dream symbols and I understand some of it is just processing that we do of things that happen during the day and all of that. But there are things that I just can't, um, I can't reconcile. And, uh, you know, I'm usually pretty honest when I see symbols in my dreams that are like, oh, you're messed up, Karen. I I usually (laughs) am like, yeah, okay, that's true. I am. But (laughs) these are things that I've never been able to reconcile. So you want to go ahead with that question there, Chucky?
0: Oh sure yeah it's just bob had another question uh he now this was an interesting question too and i was reading because i'm like oh maybe that's what that's what that is all right i talk about remote viewing myself you know because i do remote viewing of someone's home you know so i i can do that myself so he's asking did the remote viewers the government used were those all obe's to collect their data
4: no no i've done extensive research on remote viewing and uh, there's not now at the at the uh, uh, I would say the end spectrum of remote viewing, it can become an out-of-body experience, but it's different. Let me explain. All remote viewing is functionally is clairvoyance. That's all it is. What remote viewing properly is the actual meaning of the term remote viewing itself is a set of protocols because the military wanting the, the data to be accurate they realize that when, when people use clairvoyance, whether they call it clairvoyance or not, I mean, that's that's the, the metaphysical term for it. When people use that psychic ability, that extrasensory perception to get data, we input a lot of our own stuff. Our, our subconscious thoughts may get into it. Our beliefs may get into it. Our expectations may get into it, which is why they started doing blind targets. So what they started to do was they started to make a set of protocols to help filter out extraneous data or non-data. That's what remote viewing is. Remote viewing is not the ability. Remote viewing is a set of protocols. So what they would do is they would, for instance, recognize that some things are my own hallucinations. And they would have a section of their little drawing board where they put they recognize they draw it in the board. They not as everything, but they draw that. That's that's extraneous information. They They recognize this is. This there is several different categories of information that comes through and so on and so forth. It's a protocol. Now, the actual skill, the psychic ability, all that is, is going into an altered state, at least a theta state, and sending your mind, your intention. So you could either perceive at a distance mm-hmm. or you can access the sort of non-conscious reservoir of information. Mm-hmm. Now, since you're in an altered state, if you stay in that altered state for a prolonged period of time where well, your intention at a certain location, your state will continue to go farther and farther and farther, and when you hit Delta, you will be in an out-of-body experience. That's why a lot of the, the best remote viewers, when they have sustained remote viewing of a location, eventually they will express themselves at the location, which means it progressed into a, 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 an out-of-body experience. So okay. uh, I, I, I refer to it as mental projection. So uh, you can sit down and let's say imagine a location, yes. yeah, a, a location that you yeah. know. A yes. very good way to apply this is this. Like if you lost something, let's say you lost your keys. You don't know what your keys are. Every day. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you do is you close your eyes. You know what your keys look like. You visualize your keys. You visualize them. Get a good picture of them in your mind. And you imagine yourself moving back away from your keys and your imagination. And when you're far enough away to see the environment, see where your keys are.
1: I'm going to try it when I try lose it. my keys tomorrow.
4: When it works, you'll fall off your chair. It's so exciting okay. when this works. Cool. That's all remote viewing is, the, the cool. skill itself. Now, okay. if you do that, and you see your keys and you continue to hold that imagination, which is now a psychic perception and hold it and hold it. You'll go deeper and deeper. And eventually you'll find yourself out of body standing at your keys.
1: But then I won't be able to pick them up and I'll be mad.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Unless you practice enough till you can. But- that is yeah.
1: so cool. I'm going to try yeah. that.
4: Yeah. So I would say that remote viewing itself is not out of body experience. Okay. Uh, it's really the protocol, but the psychic ability. Yes. If you maintain it, it could progress into an out of body experience. It's like how you can meditate long right. enough and go into a deep enough off the state, you can have an out of body experience. So that's what the spectrum of that is.
1: How about, um, like regression hypnosis, hypnotherapy? Is that, uh, is that all in your head or is that related to ad- an out of body experience as well? Uh,
4: uh, uh, one of my, uh, greatest, uh, uh, sources of that is Brian Weiss. You know, he yeah, love him. Has lifetimes. So in my experience, it's real. You know, that is, is a, and, and I mean, he's validated it. He's taken these people and they, they were able to find their, <laughs> their graves. They was able to find descendants of their relatives. So it's, it's definitely a, a real experience. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it's possible in that altered state, the person can have an autobiography experience because sometimes they experience themselves at the location. So you can All actually right. have an out-of-body experience and go to a different lifetime and jump into that lifetime and experience that lifetime as if you're there. So, I mean, that's not to say that sometimes people can hallucinate. So I yeah. mean, it's possible for yeah. hallucinations, but is it a possibility? Is it a reality? Do people actually experience perceiving a past lifetime and having an out-of-body experience? Even when they experience a lifetime, definitely yes, definitely yes. And, and 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 I suggest people don't believe it. I suggest they try it out. You you don't have to go to a, 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 a hypnotherapist to experience this. All you have to do is practice uh, these techniques and and you can get to a deep enough state and and, and send your intention and, and you can experience it yourself. You could explore your past lifetimes and, 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 and validate it yourself.
0: So how much practice does it take to successfully do an OB? Is it like depend on the person or is it or like a certain amount of time?
4: Or, In my experience, if a person is consistent with it, two months. And I know that from experience. Again, I'm I'm not about, you know, people, people, of course, people want to believe they can believe, but you know, travel far is about experience and is about facts and and is about verification. So, in 2012, I had a research study, where I took, uh, I guess about 20 people uh joined all together, you know, and then about 10 10 or so people stayed, and uh and I taught them the techniques that are that are in travel Four and it took about two months people to start having good solid results you know mm-hmm. uh, uh you know about I, don't, I could actually open up the book and let you know what the specifics are so by the end of the study let me see here overall five out-of-body experiences were reported throughout the whole study four people had partial out-of-body experiences which was like a limb jutting free or a leg jutting free uh one person had a full out of body experience where they were fully separated from the physical body, you know, was able you know, was in the room to see if there was a uh, another person immediately after the uh uh, uh it was a two month study. One person immediately after the uh uh study ended, he wrote me back to say I just had an out of body experience from his progress. Okay. So in my experience with this study, in two months I could teach somebody to have an out of body experience. they apply themselves, you give me two months, I can get you out of body. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked several people over the years, and and I didn't really pay attention to the time frame, you know, but it, it depends on how much you really practice. I mean, if you really put in a lot of time, I'm pretty sure you can make it a month or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, was, the average person, in my experience, give me two months, and, and I can get you out of body. At okay. the least, I can get you on your way. You know, like I said, in, in the whole experience, five people ended up having out-of-body experiences out of ten. But the other five were on their way. They were having a lot of alter state phenomena and things like yeah. that. So on average, I would say two months, uh, with, with my techniques.
0: Okay. Now I saw, uh, I'm part of, uh, your bio and stuff about, uh, I know astral travel not but about extraterrestrial extra life.
4: Awesome. Uh, are you talking
0: about contacting
4: or? Oh, I'm talking about contact. I'm talking about in my living room looking at me contact. So when I was no. a kid, Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. All right. Know? Good. So, I want to hear
0: so, this, okay. What
4: happened is, uh, one interesting thing, uh, when I was a kid, I believed that my family wasn't really my family. I had some kind of idea that my real family sent me here for some odd reason, and I can't wait to go home you know, and get off this crazy planet. So um, what started to happen was I started to, at night, I would be in the living room, and a gray alien would be standing in the living room staring at me. And we would just be looking at each other. And again, I was about, you know, four, five, six years old. I didn't know anything about grays and all this kind of stuff. And I'm seeing this gray alien staring at me. And and, and for a certain period of time, it was pretty much a nightly thing. Sometimes he he would be standing in the doorway looking at me. Uh, sometimes I would be out in the in the in the lawn, uh, and a craft would be floating right above the house. Uh, sometimes I would have dreams of fleets of crafts flying across the sky. I uh, also had the experience of the understanding that they taught me how to build the craft because I was I was wanting to leave the planet, and I experienced had I don't know how they transferred it to me, but I had the knowledge of how to build the craft, which I never did because I had the understanding that if I tried to do something like this, you know, there'll be some government people would be coming trying to uh, get me, which actually happened to this guy named David Adair. He got taught how to build an advanced rocket in his dreams, and he built it. As soon as she shot that thing off, government personnel was there within within an <laughs> hour because it went so fast. They knew it knew it couldn't have been a conventional thing, and, and but that's another story. But suffice it to say, I was having uh, some some pretty regular contact uh, as I got older uh, and I started to be more involved in ETs. I decided I wanted to initiate contact, and uh, I did a lot of research on that. As my bio said, and and I knew that they were telepathic, so I would spend some time every day meditating, telepathically calling out, show yourself to me. It took about 30 days. Uh, I got off work, and I was driving home, and I saw some pink flashes in the sky, which my research told me, and that's not lightning. So I decided, you know, it was kind of hard to judge where it, where it was, but I decided however far that light is, I'm going to drive to that light. So I was steadily driving to that light, and it took me to my house. I was able to get off on my same exit. I was able to take my normal route. I just passed where I was living at by about six blocks, parked my car. This this cloud was flashing about, you know, three, four blocks away, you know, about three, four blocks up in the air, however high, you know, the, the lowest cloud is. You know, the, the cloud was kind of covered in, covered in the canopy. And uh, this, this light started pinking, fa- faster and faster pink, faster and faster flashing. And when it started to, to, to flash a solid color, it didn't blink anymore. These beautiful craft hovered out, 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 out the sky. And then I had an hour and a half of missing time with that experience. So, and, and, and I had a few other signings as well. So, uh, and actually what I'm doing right now is I'm putting together a group to initiate contact again. Matter of fact, I have a contact outing next week, so I'll let you know what happens. But, uh, oh, yes. not only am I going to in- initiate contact because I've been working on myself so that I'm going to and this time I'm going to initiate contact. I'm going to have conscious contact with the beings and I'm going to get on the craft. So, uh, and if possible, I'll say this, don't bring me back, but that's another story. But suffice it to say, I'm going to have contact again. and I'm going to make it conscious. So, so aliens are here. Uh, it's, it's possible to initiate contact with them. Uh, there was even i uh, I'm sure you heard of Phoenix life. There was a, yeah. one to two mile wide craft that flew around the whole yep. thing there's yeah. a lot of people that talk about oh if they were real they're gonna blow us up don't call them or if they wanted to kill us we'd be dead already
1: that's right yeah. uh
4: that's,
1: that's uh, what i think
4: and of course some people say they're not here but you know <laughs> they're here that's not even worth discussing anymore uh so yeah they're here and i've had several interactions with them and i and cool. i'm going to have more you know and cool. it's, it's inevitable and uh so so yeah
0: yeah, That's I want really
4: to cool. know what happens when you do that, too. Definitely.
1: So Cheryl has a couple of questions. So we're actually going to let Cheryl do part of the interview. Ooh. I know,
3: Ooh,
2: Cheryl. Yeah.
1: I am, okay. I am so excited.
2: Um, I am like riveted to this conversation. By the way, uh, it's awesome. I okay. one of one of my main questions has to do with my own experiences with possible OBEs, and I feel like I may have had many since I was young. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, I mean, in your book, you describe different ways that you might know that you've had an OBE. And and a lot of those things I have experienced, but I still just don't know how can I really know that I've had an out of body experience?
4: I really say the only way to really know is to initiate it consciously. Okay. Uh, because what happens is, as you're when we don't develop our conscious awareness, it, it atrophies and we become very cloudy and hazy. So, you know, out-of-body experiences we can see as dreams. Uh, dreams we made mistakes an out-of-body experience. So I would say start to, to practice meditation and concentration daily. Uh, mm-hmm. start to be aware of your dreams. Note it down to help sharpen your memory. And, uh, and then what happens is when you start to have conscious out-of-body experiences, you'll, then you'll have the direct experience to be able to look back and say, I know. You know because because you know you can describe it in detail, and I can tell you you know mm-hmm. uh from my experience, it's not about experience, but still it's not gonna uh uh cross that threshold within you of knowing within you until you validate it for yourself so I would say that the the most direct way. Is to start the practice and have a conscious one, and everything will fall into perspective. So that that's that's uh, and and if you told me in detail, I can see like in in detail what's what like what what the one that seems most to you to be an out of body experience. What did you experience? Like what 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 leads you to believe that it was one?
2: Um, a lot of times it has to do with um, flying, feeling free throughout the um, atmosphere. Um, it just has, a, it takes on a different feeling than maybe my other dreams where I know they're dreams, let's say. And so I feel like it's more than just a dream, but I'm, I'm not certain exactly. And then other things have to do with, um, God, this is so strange, but like when you're, when you're, your brain, um, like I th- I think you, you might've defined it as like a clicking or like a, yes. a sound that's, I, I could never express yeah. it correctly. And then I read uh, your description. I'm like, well, that's it. I mean, that's yes. what I've experienced. And so that's one another thing. Um, I mean, I I do a lot of lucid dreaming, not intentionally, by the way. It just happens. And I know the difference between that and, um, and just my regular dreams, obviously, because I know and I can control the lucid dreams. But right. um, the out-of-body... I feel like I've had them. I just, I don't know if it's just something I, th- I'm, 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 I'm skeptical of myself. I guess this what I'm trying understand. to say. Now, I know you did
4: because everybody did. <laughs> okay. So let's go into detail of, of, of these particular experiences. Now, the first one with the flying, that gets a bit more complicated because going back to the analogy of the daydreaming. Yeah. When, when you're, when you're out of body, in other words, let me uh, put it the other way. When you're at night dreaming, you're out of body. Just like okay. how when now now listen very closely, when you're physically when you're physically in the elevator, you start the daydream. You see yourself mm-hmm. in Bahamas. Seeing mm-hmm. yourself in Bahamas is a dream. We call mm-hmm. it the daydream. Yeah. But physically, you're in the elevator. Now, when you go to sleep at night, and your your non-physical disconnects from the physical, and you have your lapses in awareness, those hallucinations. Again, because we're in that altered state, and the physical is inert we experience those those hallucinations as the real world. So in other words, you can be dreaming of flying, Mm -hmm. but your non-physical body proper could be hovering at the ceiling. Mm And I know that from experience. So when I was a kid, initially, I didn't become aware of looking at the ceiling. Initially, like you, I would dream of flying. And I would dream of flying, dream of flying, dream of flying. But what happened is, I would be dreaming of flying and suddenly I would dream of falling off a cliff and I would feel myself yeah. fall.
2: Yeah. The jerk.
4: And, that's right. Yeah. It's and, the jerk. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. It's yeah. called the repercussion. Yeah. So what happened is one time while I was dreaming of flying, I became aware of myself and a dream went away. hmm And then I realized I was floating at the ceiling. Okay. Okay. So it could have been one of those two things. It could have been that non-physically out-of-body proper okay. you are floating at the ceiling hallucinating dreaming yourself flying just yeah. like how you can be physically in the elevator dreaming yourself in the Bahamas same thing wow. the non-physical body hallucinates mm-hmm. I mean you can hallucinate when your non-physical body just like how you can hallucinate in your physical body but when you're in your physical body the hallucinations are very ephemeral because we're so physically focused but when we are non-physical we're very very solid and also, you could have been in your non-physical body proper flying around, which I've done a lot as a kid when I intentionally mm-hmm. went to fly. So with that experience, all you can do is test it. And this okay. is the way you would test it. The next time you're, you see yourself flying and you're not sure, is this a lucid dream or an out-of-body experience, feel for your physical body. And as I said, once you intend your physical body, you will automatically go back to it. Okay. You won't initially reconnect because you're calm, but attend feel for your physical body, and immediately you'll go back to it. All you have to do is, once you feel for your physical body, relax and roll to the side, and you will roll out of your physical body. Because what happens is, if you're now physically floating at the ceiling, and on top of that, you're covering that experience with the hallucination, just like how we cover our elevator experience with the daydream. When you step back from the daydream, you're stealing your non-physical body. So when you feel for your physical body, you're not totally feeling for your physical body. You're mostly feeling for your non-physical because your, your hallucination brought you a step away mm-hmm. from the non-physical. So physically, you departed from the physical and your non-physical, and now you're detached from your non-physical by your hallucination. So mm-hmm. once you feel for your body, you'll actually become more engaged with the non-physical body, relax and roll out, and then there will be no question. OK, you roll off your bed, stand up and see your body on the bed. Wow. And there will be no pressure yeah. that you're not about experience. OK. And yeah. wow. The other side of it is. So that was the one where you actually are hallucinating the flying. OK. If you actually are non physical flying, if you actually happen to be flying at Big Ben and you're yeah. not sure because your awareness is hazy, you feel for your physical body, you'll feel a fast movement. Mm. Mm-hmm. Again, relax and roll out. Will okay. be in the non-physical body proper. So the, so, so the solution is the same. If you if you if you become lucid, you're not sure what it is. Feel for your physical body. Immediately relax. Sit up. Roll to the side, or relax and intend yourself to a location, and okay. you will be in a solid out-of-body experience, full conscious awareness, and you will know that you're there. There will be no question. Now, with the click, in my experience, yeah. that is always an out-of-body experience. Okay. If you're laying down and you're going to sleep. Yep. Suddenly you become aware because there's a there's a click. Yep. Try to get up out of bed and walk away. Now, sometimes the click means you're reconnecting because I, I experienced that several times when I was a kid. I go to sleep. I will lay down and I will hear bang or click. Yeah. I'll float to the ceiling. Wow. Then <sighs> okay. in the morning, I will float back down to my body. Click. I'll be back in my body. So the click could be a separation or it can be a reconnect. So. You don't really know do that until you're testing. Here's so, but if you hit, real quick, click, try to move.
2: Okay, with the clicking though, this 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 particular thing d- didn't happen until a couple of years ago, and you know I'm I'm 46, so um, it, it's not something that's been um, going on very long for me. And so I was like, okay, what is this? Do I need to go get like a, you know, an MRI or what's going on? <laughs> I would be laying down to sleep, fading off, and then this clicking would happen, and I'd immediately jerk back, awake.
4: It, that was out about it so you actually felt the jerk
2: yeah uh, it, it was like it, it was like trip. a rush of energy right at me
4: yeah that was it you felt oh the okay. disconnect from the physical yep the exactly. movement shock you
2: mm-hmm
4: yep suck you back in and that was the repercussion so that very common it. yeah very and the common.
2: repercussions I've I've actually I actually remember that happened a lot throughout the years those repercussions though that stands out to me for sure so and' this. That's okay. not about it. And the sleep paralysis, because that's happened to me since childhood. is that just a chemical thing in the brain or is that uh, part of the OBE?
4: Both. Both. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know exactly the, exactly the physical dynamics, whether mm-hmm. it's a chemical thing or is a brain. I don't know exactly what the mechanism is, is physically, but the general idea behind it is it, it stops you from acting out your dreams. Okay. Uh, it stops you from acting out physically what you're imagining or what you're seeing in the out-of-body state. You know, sometimes you can look at a dog. Apparently, it doesn't work so well. You see the dog kind of running in his sleep. Yes. The, uh. <laughs> that would be us all the time if, if that mechanism didn't happen. So uh. basically, every time you reach a certain level of sleep or a certain level of of state, you always experience the paralysis. Yep. What happens is when you consciously experience the paralysis, all that means is your conscious awareness remained intact into that depth of sleep or until that depth of altered sleep so if you were to remain if you develop yourself through practice to remain conscious throughout the night every single night you will experience paralysis so it happens every single time you mm-hmm. go to a certain depth of sleep it's just that it's not that you don't experience it all the time it's just that you don't consciously experience it all the time mm-hmm. and that's where it comes to developing uh, uh uh you know your 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 conscious awareness so that's all that is so and the times that you experienced it it could have been several things it could have been you disrupted your sleep cycle so you know okay. your sleep cycle was a bit a bit off so you happened to remain a bit more conscious as you went to sleep it could have been you got more sleep so you were a bit more rested so that you didn't lose awareness so quickly. Mm-hmm. There, there are several different things that could be variables that cause you to be more conscious as you went into that state, but it was just one of the times you were conscious of it. It happens every single time, which is why uh, uh, when you do the technique I told you about, if you're not sure, if you're actually not about experience flying or, or if it's a dream, The first thing you do When you feel for your physical body If you try to move That's why you have to relax first Mm -hmm. If you feel for your physical body And reconnect And don't relax And try to move You will be paralyzed Mm -hmm. So what you do is You relax And you start to disengage From the physical And then you move Of course now I just learned to just relax That I don't have to Experience the paralysis But if you just try to do it if you just try to move without relaxing, you'll, you'll feel paralyzed and, and, you know, then you run mm-hmm. the risk of freaking out and ending the experience. But it happens every single time, every single time you go to sleep. Uh, one interesting experience I had I actually, uh, observed the paralysis. What happened is this is, this is one of the, uh, this was one of the periods of very high practice. And I would wake up at like, uh, you know, five or six in the morning in practice. So I was practicing doing my thing, going through my techniques, and uh, I started to get really sleepy. You know, you start going into the altered state, but, of course, I was practicing a lot, so I remained conscious. And as I went to a certain level of, of depth, sort of the, 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 the low theta, high delta range, theta is sort of a, a meditative state, the four to seven frequency brainwave state, and delta is the deep sleep, calmer, you know, one to four frequency. When I got to, like, the theta delta range, I felt an energy Sensation in my head, neck area, and like Novocaine, it spread through my body. It came down my neck, it came through my arms, and everywhere it went was instantly numb. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then I relaxed and floated up out of body. Wow. Immediately, I was wide awake, floating up a, a few inches. Of my my non physical back was still interpenetrating in, a, in a penetrating my physical body. Uh I hovered and I experimented with this. I hovered back down and reconnected with the physical mood, I felt so heavy and sleepy and lethargic, went back into the altered state, the non- the energy started coursing my body, I was numb, floated out. Right. So mm-hmm. whenever you reach that uh uh a certain level of depth, uh you could experience the energy course through. Now but again, the specific physical I don't I don't know all the phys- physiology, physiology of it. I just know mm-hmm. it happens every single time.
2: Okay. Well, thank you so much for answering my questions. I appreciate You're it. You're
4: welcome. My pleasure.
0: All right. So I got one. Wait. Go okay. So this is something I've just been thinking about. So if we're talking about OBE, and we're talking about your physical body, you know, because we keep going to our physical body, our non-physical body. When we're talking our non-physical body, is this then proof of a soul?
4: A hey, maximum yes. Uh, in my experience, yes. uh. uh one, one of the most striking experiences I had as a kid was, you know, like I said, I used to spontaneously float out. But one time I became aware, like my bed was on that side of the room and I became aware on the other side of the room, which is very odd. Ironically, that's that was the odd thing. <laughs> like, I'm floating in the, at the <laughs> ceiling, but I'm on the wrong side of the room. That was the odd part of it. <laughs> so I'm looking at my bed. Can okay, I see my body on the bed? And I see my non-physical body floating at the ceiling. And, that, and that's where the symbol comes from. If you look at the front of the book, that's what that is. So mm-hmm. that's, that's from that childhood experience. The, the bottom circle represents my physical body. And the, the middle circle represents my non-physical body. And I was a field of conscious awareness, like a ball of field of awareness. So that would be what most people, I believe, call the soul. You're like a conscious awareness. So uh you can leave your physical body in a non-physical body. but You could also leave your non-physical body as a field or focus of conscious energy. So and that's what I think would equate to, to what most people call the soul. Now, in my experience, taking it farther, that's still not the soul because the entire universe is actually a dream. And what is real is beyond even that. Mm-hmm. But just sticking to the perceptive of the perception of being in the physical universe, that would be that would be the soul. What we call the soul, or the spirit, or the, or the consciousness, or the self. You know the self that goes from life to life, for instance. That that would be it. So yes, in my experience, it does prove the reality of the soul of the conscious being that 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 uh, uh, survives beyond lifetimes. And again, you could you could verify that yourself. You can go out of body and meet the deceased and see that they're there and they're alive and they're conscious. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the first thing you knew that when they was alive and. It'll be the same person they were vaguely you know depending on what time you get them to like on my grandmother obviously it was my grandmother she was not so human anymore but she had the same laugh she had the same this i mean you could tell it was her i mean it was her i mean it, there was no doubt about it so you know uh 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 um uh, that consciousness basically when we when we're into the lifetime mm-hmm. uh like when i was a kid like i said i had these uh um, um i mean later I learned like one of the non-physical beings I knew was a tall gray who told me he was my father, father in another lifetime, which we call it as a kid when I sensed I came from somewhere else. Uh, but as I got older and I started to, uh, get more identified with this lifetime identity, those memories went away. They sort of got buried under. So, uh, uh, this consciousness that we are, every, everything we learn, it imprints. And we carry that information with us. So ironically, you can get out of body and you can start to remember and access your other lifetimes because all that data is there. Uh, whatever you learned in this time would always be there. So you could always see that glimmer of who you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that same field of energy goes through all these different lifetimes and, and builds up that data. So, yes, not about experience. You can verify that that's a fact.
1: Well, wow. wow, Daryl, we could uh really go on for several more hours yeah, but unfortunately the, net, the network won't let us <laughs> so uh we have come to shameless self-promotion corner so can you tell people um where they can find your book where they can f- connect with you if you have any things that you're doing that are coming up anything you want to self-promote go for it
4: yeah, certainly. Uh, you can get travel far. You can go straight to Amazon. Uh, I, I, I set it up so that when you buy the paperback, the Kindle is free. So if you like the Kindle, you can buy the paperback for a few more dollars and have the Kindle. And it's easy to search with. Uh, I also do a, a two-month course. Uh, like I said, it's based upon the two months from that research study. I have one person in my course right now. Uh, right, right now will make one month. He's already had two brief out of experiences. You know, he didn't travel the universe or anything yet, but you know, he floated up once a little bit and he went to the side a little bit, You know, but that's for the first time in his entire life. So he's making progress. So for the second month, I'm going to work on getting him some distance. So, uh, but everything is in the book. I mean, uh, the first half of the book is, is, is experiences so you can see what it's like, have an idea of what it's about. And the second half is is the best of the techniques I have the theory that, that, so you can have an understanding of it you can know what's going on and I have several different techniques based upon the theory so you can you can learn how to do it yourself and that's and it's not just my belief you know i 've been doing it for years and i've taught people i've taught men i 've taught women i've taught old i 've taught young uh, I've taught people in different countries you you name it I, I, you know so so the techniques work um if, if you're interested in extraterrestrials, like I said, I'm also doing a, a research study where and I've already had contact myself. So now I'm working on getting a group together. And uh, so far, one person has joined that. Uh, a lot of people still have a lot of fear of, of ETs. You know? uh, uh, Stephen Greer actually had a network where people could log online, and anybody who was interested in contact, they can put their information there. I contacted everybody within a 50-mile radius, and only one person joined. And these are the people who said they wanted to join. So apparently there's a lot of fear still around it. But, yeah. uh, in my experience, there's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I've had contact with them since childhood. They're, they're cool. I've heard people have bad experiences. I mean, obviously there's different kind of races. So I'm pretty sure there's negative ETs out there, but the majority of them here are positive and they even help and protect us from anyone that's negative. So if you're interested in that, you, you can, you can get all this information at nextdensity.com. That's N-E-X-T. D E N S I T Y dot com. So that's my company. I'm I'm the publisher as well. So I'm working on building a center. Eventually, I want to have a natural physical center where I'll be having these classes. And uh and you know I'm really just interested in doing what I can to help. Of course, myself progress spiritually as well as help the world progress. Not that I'm trying to change the world, but uh there's many different timelines and accord to how we think. We can align ourselves with a timeline that matches who we are and what we are. So I want to align with either a planet that's free, where people are evolved, people are multidimensional, people are aware, people are aware of themselves, people are aware of their power. And, uh, uh, and we are an interdimensional race. You know, we're, we're, we're aware of our, uh, we are aware of the Galactic Federation. We're conscious members. So I'm, you know, wanting to share what I know and help people become their own, uh, teachers so they can do these things themselves. And, and really every single person who becomes multidimensional, you help the earth shift. You know, it's, it's really an important thing. And, uh, and not to mention what you learn. I mean, overcoming the fear of death. I mean, imagine overcoming the fear of death or overcoming the grief. I didn't grieve when my grandmother died. I went out and said, "Hey, Gramps, <laughs> how how is it on this side?" You know. So so all so so much of what is plaguing humanity can be uh, solved just by coming just by becoming multidimensional. Racism would be eradicated. I've I've explored my past a lot of times. I've had the the, the brightest of bright skin, and I've had the darkest of dark skin. I've been in at uh, 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 technological civilizations and I've been, you know, in a bush living in, you know, a hay teepee. You name it, I've had the lifetime. And that's the same. That's the same with all of us. If everybody had, you know, I've been a Christian and a Muslim and a, all of that stuff. So imagine if everybody was able to get out of body and see, hey, you know what? I'm not going to hate you because you have dark skin. Because I've had a dark skin in a lifetime too. And I'm not, I'm not going to. I mean, there's so many things that solve just by expanding our awareness. So that's that's one reason why it's is is an important uh, experience, you know.
1: Absolutely, I think it's really admirable, and I always admire people who do what they can to raise consciousness. It, uh, you know, I I think it's important too. I think we need to shift as a as a society, as a people, and as a planet, and you know, as a universe. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope that you will come back because I feel like we just scratched the surface, really, huh? Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, Daryl, thank you so much. And, yeah, hopefully we'll get you back on, you know, in the near future so that we can continue having great conversations.
4: And it was great talking with you all. You all are so fun. You have such a great energy. I love it.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, we've enjoyed having you on the show, too. Have a great night, Daryl. Daryl Barry. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. <Darryl>. Man. <laughs> All right, good night. Good night. All right, you guys. There he goes, Daryl Berry. Um Shaq, is your mic
0: <sighs> Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> I I I have like about fifty million other questions. No, that's why we need like, to get him back oh on as soon as we possibly can. Yes, we do. Yeah. Just write him down right now, Cheryl. Put it in the book right now. Let's go. All
1: right. Writing. That's right. We'll we'll pick his, we will pick his brain clean.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of it, it it was so interesting because, you know, so much of it makes some, makes the psychic medium stuff make so much more sense in, as a whole, you know, like when I say, well, I can yeah like where I say, I can see someone who's like I'm looking at someone who's not here anymore, but I can see them in my mind and I can get their mannerisms and all this kind of stuff, and then connecting it to everything he's talking about, it just makes so much more sense you know
1: yeah I mean, it's ooh, all it's nice. all connected. See mm-hmm. the education of chuck e G continues
0: dun, dun, dun. Oh,
1: so Cheryl,
2: <laughs> yes, what's coming up? Um, before I before I talk about next week's show, I just want to mention that um, our friend Lori McDonald is going to be at the Alchemy event. It's uh, an event called Co-Creating a New Humanity. It's in Los Angeles, uh, September 23rd through the 27th. Um, Lori, of course, uh, does research on uh, alien, abdu- alien abduction as well as she um, hosts a support group for ab- abductees. And she is going to be one of the keynote speakers. So I just wanted to mention in case yeah, you're cool. in that area, check out that event. Um, What's and, it called again? Uh, it's called, uh, it's an alchemy event, co-creating a new humanity. The website is newhumanitymovement.com. Okay. So check that out. Next, it. Yep, next week, we will be talking with Betsy Balega.
1: She is the author of the book called Being Mystic. you have been really nailing it with the guests lately cheryl thank you
0: i know we just keep rolling into like one thing (laughs) okay i'll
1: just be honest well you know i think somewhere like i can't take a couple months ago we said to cheryl we're getting tired of ghost shows
0: Yeah, and it's funny because here I'm a paranormal investigator. I'm like, I'm, t- I'm tired of talking about I'm the so ghosts. Tired of the like ghost shows. Else, you know?
1: Challenge yeah. accepted, Cheryl. You yes. stepped up to the plate. All right. But that's yeah. why. That's why you're the
2: big boss, and we're so, just your lackeys. You know the the funny part about it is the shows just fall into place. I don't even have to do any work. So, but thank you anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like now that I'm learning all this cool stuff from you know people like Daryl and such. So, uh, do I get like a diploma or something?
1: Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. You, can, you know, I think you could just. I I think you probably go online and order like a a some kind of a, a
0: degree. Well, I am a reverend now, so remember that's
1: that. right. The right reverend, the right, right. reverend of the so. Dudist, the Dudist priest, Dudist priest Chucky e. G. <laughs>
0: that's me, baby.
1: So did you did you put in your name as Chuck Gotsky or as Chucky e.
0: uh, I think hang on, I'm gonna look right now.
1: I, got it right I, put
0: it, I put it as my official name, Charles G. God.
1: Charles G. Godsky. Because I do rad. have a real
0: name. I mean, I, it's not like I walk around all day and people go, "Hey, chucky G., how's it going?" Which would be kind of cool, actually. But you know, that they don't do that, so
1: you know. I do. I know you do. Okay. I, I'm keeping. I'm keeping the nickname alive, dude. I gave it to you, and I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping it alive. I know you
0: gave it to me, and look how far it's gone. It's, I even on my, it's even on my. I have no business cards. You know the Paranormal Experience. Yeah, Chucky G. I have Chucky G's on there. I put it on there.
1: Well, I am so happy that you have been able to make use of this gift upon I that I bestowed upon you.
0: I embraced it. So you know when people. I are bless stand, you. Well, thank you. Uh, you know when people. You know because then when I'm doing my my talks about like I was talking to Nicole Strickland and I was talking for a while and we we're going back and forth and she's like, you're very. Like, uh, what did she say? You're very knowledgeable on the paranormal field. Like, you're really into all, and like, oh my God, I agree with that. Oh my God, I agree with that. So it was really cool. So I said, well, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, polish myself up for my, uh, my talks and my public speaking and stuff. So, you know, trying you know.
1: to put a little polish on the pity. Yeah. Is that I, yes. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying, now that I've talked to Daryl, I, I got all this extra juice I can I put in know. my brain. And I was like, BAM! I'm
1: just going squeeze gonna all the stuff my, that doesn't matter gonna,
0: out. It's a talk and man, I'm telling you, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Just I amazing. know I yeah. know
1: um, okay so there's a new magazine out it came out
2: it came out our August issue <laughs> finally came out at the end of August um, we have you made it you made it Woo! <laughs> barely under the f- wire phew. um check out paranormal underground magazine you can check it out in many different places you can go to our website paranormal underground net you can go to magCloud.com and order a print on demand copy or you can go to issue.com and view it online um so there's many different places you can go. Uh this issue we have a lot of great stories but on the cover and we're just talking about Nicole Strickland, we have the Queen Mary, mm-hmm. the haunted Queen Mary and Nicole Strickland who is a paranormal investigator out of San Diego, California sh- has written um a book on the haunted Queen Mary. And it includes a lot of her own research and experiments and and all sorts of historical information as well. So she wrote a great feature on that. So check that out.
1: That's right. And she'll be up here in Washington State here in October at the uh, Port Gamble Ghost Conference talking about that, too. You
0: guys are going to be hanging around, aren't you?
1: Um, I'm not going to the ghost conference because I have at the museum. It's our prime fundraising season because the museum's haunted and everybody likes us in October. Um, but hopefully she's going to, to come here before she goes up there. Yeah. And spend a day or two here and I'll take her, take her up to Wellington and take her around to the museum and a few haunted places. We'll have a good time.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Cause nice. she was talking to me about, you need to come down here to Queen Mary. You know, and I'm like, well, if I wasn't so afraid to fly, you know, what I mean, cause she said, you know, if I come down there, she could get an investigation on the ship and she would take me on there. And yeah.
1: You have so many invitations. People send you things randomly in the mail and you have a lot of invitations. <laughs> so I haven't read the whole magazine yet, Cheryl, but I did read William's article about his experience with Bigfoot. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, which was pretty interesting. Not only and
2: did he have, real quick, a, a psychic encounter with with big, he saw big Feet, he saw them physically. You he saw said them. Big Feet? I said Big Feet, I'm sorry. I think it's just Big Foots. <laughs> it is, no,
1: Big foot. I think it's just Big Foots. <laughs> I like Big with Barbara, remember? We asked yes. her what the it's what the big big girl was. She said she, she thinks it's just Big foot, foot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought it should be Big Foots.
0: Big I don't think it's Big Foots. It doesn't sound like
1: Big
2: So, so Williams, one of Williams thoughts or theories is that they are, um, elementals. Yes. Thank you. I just, the word escaped my brain, elementals. I had never heard that theory before, believe it or not. Neither had I. It was
1: interesting. It was a good one.
0: Elementals. And they like beef jerky.
1: And they like big, jerky, mm, don't he, mess with Sasquatch. He didn't say That's that, right. but maybe they do. I don't know.
0: That's right. <laughs> I remember when I asked Barb, Barb shoop, she started laughing her head off. I'm like, well, I <laughs> wanted to know. You always see all the time on the she probably. You're
1: probably the first person who's ever said anything like that to her, Chuck. Um, and then, Chuck, what was your article about?
0: Oh, I don't know. Was it, it The was House about, of Miracles?
2: Yes, it was The House That Cries, The House That mm. Weeps. That's right. I, I
1: read it. Very nice
2: work. Did you
0: like it? Okay. Jolly That's, good. As I looked at it I'm like, gee, there's only one page. I'm such a loser. You usually I write more than that, but you know. That's right.
1: As, as Cheryl's on like part four of my 10,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, and of course, Karen's
2: multi, multi-series uh, article on metaphysics and the role of the, oh my gosh, I can't even get the title, and the role of the metaphysician in a- afterlife studies.
0: Well, Karen yes. writes like a bazillion words a year. So, I mean, she can write like, what, 500 words a minute with no mistakes? Yes. Something like that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, oh, me, no. I'm, I'm I like, think Cheryl I'm would like,
1: disagree. There are mistakes. No. Not many. Not many.
0: You know, so it takes a lot to get the thousands of words out, these two fingies.
1: Well, but I'm a professional writer. So, you know, don't try this at home. I'm a professional.
0: Whoa! Put me in my Woo. place. Yeah, I'm a professional amateur boy. Let's get those fingers and no, put them no, away.
1: No, I mean, but that's why. I, that's why I can write so much no, I know so It's because you know I've been. Yeah. It's it's what I do for a living.
0: I know, I know. You it's do it how well. I
1: make the big bucks.
0: You do it well.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. That's all I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and then Cheryl we're going to take some yeah. time off in September right what? yeah we are going to have a week off in September
2: uh, we, will why? 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 we will not have a show we will not have a show on September 17th um, we will be uh, visiting why? my home in California and, and doing and what? we will why? also be Chad and I will be getting married yeah. <laughs> <gasps> woohoo <laughs> Woo! It's a bad time. Yeah. No, uh, no, we're looking forward to it. We're gonna we're gonna see my family while we're there and uh, celebrate my son's 21st birthday. Wow! He can have his first his <sighs> first drink. Yeah, he's probably not even interested in that, but he can if he wants. <laughs> so That's
1: it's, cool. up to, it's
2: up to him. Really, my
1: son is 19 and he drinks like a fish. <laughs> I,
2: if Corey ever had a had a had a drink, uh, I, I'd be surprised. But yeah, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well that's exciting so what what week is that i'm sorry what's the date that we'll be uh off? the
2: date that we will be off of the show will be september 17th and then we'll return Sweet. on september 24th okie dokie all right anything else we need to talk about before we go no nope, mm. just uh you can one more thing you can find our our podcasts on uh itunes or podbean so you can go to past shows and check those out if you haven't uh been a listener for very long.
0: There right. you go. Well, maybe if I practice this, uh, my OBE, I could actually do out-of-body and come to the wedding.
1: <gasps> and we can what? officiate it. You just wouldn't be able to see us. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I can make faces behind you. Well, right?
1: so what we think <laughs> we should do is we think that because now Chuck, Chuck is also an ordained minister. He's yeah, a right. dudist minister, and I okay. have the whole metaphysical things going on. And so we think that we should do an on air wedding just real quick.
2: Hey, I'm all for that.
1: Chuck and I'll sing.
2: I don't know about Chuck. I'm very talented (laughs) in this singing department. (laughs) Yes, that'd be awesome. All right, let's do it.
1: All right. So, um, hey, but we will be back next week, and uh, we're going to be talking more really cool stuff. You know, we know you love the ghost shows, and we love to share those with you, but we've really enjoyed this, you know, the depth that we've added with the guests we've had recently. So, yay, Cheryl. Yay, and
2: a little preview on October. Get ready for some... uh, UFO and extraterrestrial talk in October. Nice. Also, well, that,
0: oh, wait, wait, wait. Talking. What I mean, in the magazine or on the show or the show, on the, the show. radio show. Oh well, that, well, then we have to get Daryl back so we can talk about the other stuff. The other.
2: We stuff, Well, know? I will. I will ask Daryl if he will. If he will join okay. us again. If he'll come back, we'll see.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully. you think we scared hopefully. him off? <laughs>
2: hopefully, hopefully. Yeah,
0: not we'll just wackos anymore. Forget we'll that. See. Show.
2: Also, uh-huh. Bob. Our, our faithful listener Bob um, had ah. taken a, re- a Reiki class here a, a few months ago. Um, the Ooh. person who we worked with is going to be joining us as well in October. Okay, so we'll cool. discuss that and then we will also be discussing, oh, um, one of our column writers for Parallel underground uh, Magazine, she writes the magic and lore column, will be joining us for a Halloween episode.
1: Excellent, excellent, nice. excellent. And also, if you're here in Washington State, uh, know that we will have ghost tours coming up here in the month of October at the Lewis <laughs> County Historical Museum. So uh, that's all we got time for, folks. I've got to get it in really fast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio here on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be back next week, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states. Y'all have a good week. Good night.
0: And good later. night. If you'd like to be a guest Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something...